Welcome back to the Mama Inspired Podcast. Whether you're struggling to become the mama you've always known you're meant to be, or you're holding that miracle in your arms, hear me now when I tell you that you are not alone. And that on the other side of this hard, a brand new life awaits you. Hey lady, I'm Sarah Wayne Scott. I'm here to encourage a more enlightened, compassionate, and empowered mom collective. I believe that through guru guidance, stories from mamas just like you, and a whole lot of momspiration for me, we can begin to make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. So swap out the breast pad, wipe off the barf, <laughs> it's mama time. So the idea for this entire podcast, this episode this morning was, you know, Thanksgiving is going to look different for us this year than it has the last couple years. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking about the things that I look forward to. Cameron was actually really encouraging and trying to talk me into us going camping on Thanksgiving day. And while I think that sounds fun, I just really, really love waking up in the morning before everybody else, getting to the kitchen with my coffee probably some candles, like just like creating an ambiance for myself in the mornings, you know, warm lighting and putting like an audio book in or a podcast and just listening to something that is just, you know, I don't know, just really heartwarming. And, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, I just kept thinking, okay, well now I am like on the other side of this, where I have a platform, like what would I want to listen to and what could I create? And then I started thinking about people who else would like probably thinks about think about Thanksgiving the same way <laughs> and who could relate with me on this on this issue and of me. course I thought yeah of course I thought of you so I called I called you Casey and I I really did have the intention of asking you but I was kind of just warming up to the question at first because <laughs> I didn't want you to feel obligated anyway I just thought it would be really fun. So my whole idea for this morning or this, this, this episode is to create something that could just be really just awesome and, and just, I don't know, like heartwarming and loving to listen to. But I also really want my intention for this is to really inspire kind of a new meaning for this day, because there's some history that I think makes some incredible connections to what we just endured over the last year. And I think that, you know, when Thanksgiving hits, it's like the year just starts going kind of crazy, right? Like it's the next thing you know, it's Christmas and then you're at new year. And so it's such a, it can feel really rushed and really chaotic. But I also think if maybe we like take Thanksgiving and look at it in this new light that we're going to talk about today, I think it can be a really incredible, like kind of stepping stone and foundation into this new year and Mm -hmm. And I also think it's truly maybe the first part of us really looking at 2021 and thinking about everything we just went through and how grateful we are for everything we've learned and everything we've endured and kind of making plans and like setting intentions already for 2021. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that like everybody walks away and they're like, oh man, like this is, it's more special day now. And hopefully Mm -hmm. for years to come, it's not just it's not just now. And I don't think I would have had this new view of it if it weren't for everything that we did just like witness through this year. I mean, I really don't. Um, and, and me personally too, just like the last two years of our lives have been crazy. So I just think coming off of that, it just has so much more meaning, but then also knowing the history, I don't know. 
you, when we talked <laughs> earlier, so clear, the history. <laughs> I love everything that you just said. Absolutely. And I think because it's been such a profound year, um, and it's a, it's interesting because there's been this sense of disconnect and longing to connect. But in that, I think we feel this oneness. There's this great connection and this great reminder of what really we care about, what really, really matters and what really brings us joy. And ultimately, it's connection. Um, and so another really cool thing like your podcast, and there are all these amazing ways that people are spending their time now sort of revolutionizing how we can connect. And similarly, like I love waking up if I'm doing something, whether I'm cleaning the house or like doing a fun project or driving, whatever it is. uh, I love hearing a voice and someone talking, whether it's one person on a podcast or people having a conversation about something that feels like I'm growing, I'm learning, or I'm just simply thinking, yes, I connect with that. Um, and that's, you know, what I love about your podcast and your style. It's just so authentic and it's so genuine and I just love the premise of it all. It's beautiful. I'm excited to be a part of it. Well, I'm super pumped. I, I mean, you know, I know, you know, when we had kind of our initial conversations, when the podcast kicked off and what's really kind of funny, I don't think I've ever touched on this is that I didn't actually like come out to all of you and say like our group of girlfriends from Kodiak like by the way I have this idea of starting the podcast and I'm gonna do it it was like I came up with the idea or I got inspired it all happened and then I told everybody kind of after like it was gonna happen I know I think it was yes <laughs> I think you it was just this whirlwind I had the picture and everything it was like whoa deal was done <laughs> it's done this is the real deal I think I was just on this roll. And so I was so, I was so tuned in and focused, but you know, we had call and and conversations about it afterwards. And I had already been so inspired. Like part of the reason why I was so inspired and like fueled and feeling confident about doing the podcast, I think, and why I just ran Mm -hmm. for it was like, also kept thinking about the incredible, like just portfolio of women and just friendships and relationships that I already had at my fingertips. And you were one of them, Casey, because and I'm going to give you a, a second to like really introduce yourself here in a second. Cause I think they need to really maybe get a vibe <laughs> of really who you are, but Casey, um, Casey is one of my girlfriends from Kodiak and a group of five of us. And she, we call her the fairy. She's just like this beautiful beam of <laughs> beautiful beam of light, as cheesy as it sounds. And we're like Queens of cheesy. We're like Queens of mushy and all the feelings. Um, but you, you gotta are, love the way your friends think of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you are, you just, I've learned so much from you, even just having like just random or just, just like catching up conversations. I feel like I just walk away with such happy energy and love. And I, I don't know, I look at your face and all I want to do is hug you, but, um, you know, you just have a lot of wisdom because of everything that you've endured in life and the things that you've really pursued because they're valuable to you and you just exude all of that. And so I've always known for sure too, that I, I like was constantly looking for like, what can we, Casey and I talk about? And I know you'll be on another time because, <laughs> because of your, your experience and, and kind of your education. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, going to get me emotional. <laughs> um, let's see, I guess, 
it's funny because we've talked about that term expert versus explorer. Yes. And I think we, we both coin ourselves as explorers. And I think that that is something I'm very happy to be. So I would say I am a seeker of knowledge, of growth. I'm just a, a learner of life, a student of life, a student of love. And I think above all that, um, well, there's really nothing above all that. That's, I'm a student. I love to learn. I think um, in addition to that, I'm also an educator and I love teaching. Uh, my teaching style has changed as well as my classroom has changed through the years. I initially taught public school, high school. I was a Spanish teacher and then transition. We moved to Kodiak. I began teaching high school and right after I started teaching high school, I started teaching yoga and then sort of have transitioned all the way to this after 10 years of teaching the classroom, I'm now just just really focusing on adult wellness and um, exploring beyond the realms of just what is yoga to Ayurveda, um, natural wellness, natural health, emotional, physical, psychological wellness. And so I would say that is who I am today. That's definitely the path that I'm taking where I'm growing and just having the best time exploring all that. In other words, she's like the best friend to have. (laughs) (laughs) And I will cut this out of the podcast if you want me to, but I also want to just say that uh, Casey and I are in like a really special place where, because we are like both on this journey of maybe becoming, well, Casey becoming a mother for the first time and me for the first time. So it's really fun to like talk about all the things and, kind of just like live in this excitement together. So I think, uh, <laughs> anyway, so it just makes, it just makes everything all more special. It is know. very special. Who would have thought? I know. <laughs> I know. I, 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 know, I reel about amazing. it all the time. It, yeah, it really is. They don't think things like really happen like that. You know, I think some people, life just happens at like certain times or you kind of are in maybe the same stage of your life. And that's been the plan all along to like potentially have children and, Oh, we get pregnant at the same time or something, but to actually get to talk about, especially in our realm of like loving wellness, talking about all of those things and being able Mm -hmm. to talk with you about more of, you know, the Ayurvedic and Eastern medicine, you know, uh, strategies Mm -hmm. of trying to prepare my body for, you know, hopefully like growing another baby and not having to deal with, I don't know. It's just, it's just fun to have somebody that's on that same level and same interests and Mm -hmm. like really geek out on it. It's not even just, you know, want these things is that we like truly love it, you know, it is. It's really fun to love it, to just really enjoy eating it all up. Um, It's growing, it's learning and, and it's really fun to be in it all the time. Yeah. And And especially when it's with someone you're sharing. (laughs) Yep, exactly. I know. I just, you know, it's so funny because we're talking about Thanksgiving, gratitude and connection. And I just, I'm just so overwhelmed how life continues to remind you that you're not alone in the world and how incredibly connected we all are. And for, you know, us both to just, this wasn't that long ago when we both happened to say, I think we're going to (laughs) try Yeah, <laughs> and then it just so just be so crazy that we're so aligned yeah. in every way that you can be aligned. Yeah, it um, feels really meant it's to really be. Fun. 
that's how it feels right now. Like today I'm just sitting in this place where it all just feels everything really truly has like all the dots have connected. It feels really meant to be. It feels like an incredibly special time. And, you know, I know so many of us have looked back on 2020 or are looking back on 2020. Like I can't wait for it to be over and bygones with this year. And I can, I totally feel some of that, but at the same time, I'm, Mm -hmm. those negative feelings are gone. I'm just so looking forward to what's coming and I don't know, just we, there's so much, so much growth happened in 2020. And I'm just so excited to piggyback off all of that and blow 2021 away. I really am just, I don't know. Anyway. um, It's so true. It's funny because I was thinking recently, I'm about to turn 36 and um, just how the years go. And you know, when you're young, you hear these cliche um, sayings like, uh, what is it? something about making lemonade out of lemons and it's always these really and it's funny because the older I get the more relevant (laughs) and rather than looking at it from a standpoint of well I guess I could be optimistic about it you know life sure handed me lemons I guess I can make lemonade out of it now from this perspective that I have nothing wrong with the perspective that I had at 25 but it's just very different than at 35 um it's I'm grateful for the lemons, you know, it's, it's just a different, a totally different view. And it's one that I'm so thankful for. And, um, if you're in your twenties right now, it's a really fun time, but thirties are the best. (laughs) So true. It is so true. Got a bushel of lemons right now. (laughs) We're loaded on lemonade. (laughs) Everything we need. That's right. I love that. That was really cute. I want to dig into the history that I learned and I'm going to be reading some of this off. So it may sound like part storytelling, part like me, just, I don't know, trying to make sense of like the the order I'm putting everything in, but we were talking about earlier, are you an actual history buff or do you just kind of tend to like have heightened interests around it during like the holidays or certain events or things? I really love history. Okay. Yeah. I'm really into history and world civilizations and I just love hearing stories. Yeah. I have never considered myself a history buff. One of my biggest regrets for sure going through school is like really not paying attention, like through high school or a college. I really didn't. I mean, I, I wish Mm -hmm. I would have, and I wish I like think about that sometimes about how to be able to really explain that to our children. (laughs) It's a really, you'll, (laughs) you'll really regret that one day, but I mean, truly, but I do find that I, I love listening I really love watching documentaries and it's been really fun to learn about this. And like I said, I've made these connections to today. And so I'm really interested to hear what you think after all of this. And (laughs) these are things that you all may know or that you may know, but, and maybe I did too. I just don't remember them being said. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Strong possibility. (laughs) All right. So this is what we know, right? We know that from the beginning, you know, there were settlers who came from England and decided to make the trek to the Americas and start a new colony. There were 122 of them to start. It was men, women, and children. And the reason why they did this was, you know, the the system over there that had become kind of corrupt in, in, in the Catholic system. And a few of these settlers were actually like somewhat rebellious. They had had they had like created their own printing press, right? And they were printing information and getting the word out about all this corruption. And I can't figure out if they were like forced out or if it was a combination of them being forced out and just wanting to flee. But either way, they had set out to create this new colony 
to be able to get away from that corruption and start kind of like a fresh, peaceful life. So they decided to board the Mayflower, which is such an iconic, it's, you know, like we all know this, but what I didn't know is that apparently it was really not like made for this kind of track. Like it wasn't made to sustain the, the waves and the winds of like the Atlantic ocean. So they set out and they ended up turning around twice. And then they ended up having like a major repair in the middle of going through the Atlantic. So they left, immediately turned around, repaired, left again, made it a little bit farther like their, the boat was like sinking. They made it back. They did main repairs. They went back out. And then in the Atlantic, one of like the main beams had cracked and they thought they were gonna have to turn around again. And then they thought, okay, we've got to figure some way out to rig the spare beam that we have. And so they used some piece of equipment that they had from the printing press and they like pulled this beam <laughs> up and I think just like butted them up together. Anyway, so they made it work. They made it through the Atlantic and when they made it to American waters, it was winter, it was really cold. And though they had planned on making it a little bit farther south where it was warmer, they kind of were forced into settling into settling into farther north because of the winter conditions. And so once they got there, they were in the like Massachusetts area and they decided to start taking a small boat from Mayflower and looking for a spot to settle in off the along the coast. And of course they had been you know, making trips and being faced with native tribes. And on the whole time this was happening, of course, every stop that they, a lot of the stops they made, they were coming face to face with the natives and like kind of just coming up with like coming to walls of not really having a place to really settle in <clears throat> from their intended. And so also in the middle of all of it, they were fighting scurvy and illness and dying off. They finally found an open landscape on Plymouth Bay and it was hilly, so they had some protection. And what they found was it had been lived on by the, the prior Wampanoag tribe. And what they thought looked like just an abandoned village, they got in there and started like looking into the buildings that were there. And they found that this village had actually died off from Indian fever like three years prior. They had found like unburied bones and bodies still inside mm. of their homes. Isn't that so sad? I can't, I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I imagine that this probably made them have some, had them some second thoughts about settling there. <laughs> but, Is this the right place? <laughs> yeah. This might be like bad juju. I don't know. Um, they were really desperate, obviously, because it was the middle of the winter and they were, all, you know, already dying. And so they kind of were desperate and decided to go ahead and make it work. So they worked to, to build their buildings. And when they finished construction, it was like in February. So they did all of this in the middle of winter. The able bodies that they had, they were working through winter. They had no food. They like completely malnourished. I just, mm -hmm. I keep thinking about that. And I know around this time, right? Like 1621, it was, or 1620, like, you know, you hear lots of stories about history in that time, like living in, living in winter without heat in general, is just crazy to think about. But anyway, I digress. So, so by the time they have this settlement done, they have started out with it started out with a, essentially 102 pilgrims that finally made that trek across the Atlantic. And by the time they were done with the settlement, there was only 47 of them, which is kind of mind blowing. So with the settlement built, yeah, <laughs> with the settlement built, they began trying to plant crops um, and settle into life. And then soon after a native from, I believe the previously died off Wampanoag tribe, his name was Squanto. He actually came to visit and speak with this new, with this new colony. And he spoke, fluent English. He had been sold into slavery when he was young. He lived in Spain. He went to England and then he finally escaped 
made his way all the way back to his village only to find that they were gone. They had died from disease. So anyway, oh so he's, gosh. I know, like, <laughs> and he's like, su- like a super peacemaker. So he's coming to talk to this, which I think is incredible too. somebody who essentially mm-hmm. sold you into slavery was your enemy. And now you're coming to, you know, like you're coming with kindness. Yeah. It's amazing. So, um, so soon after he arrived, the surviving Wampanoag tribe apparently followed him and surrounded this new settlement and they were armed. And of course, quickly the pilgrims started arming themselves as well, but they all kind of halted because neither one of them really had any interest in harming each other. And so with Squanto's help, they uh, had a few drinks over a few days and they loosened up and they came (laughs) up with this agreement on peace and a mutual protection which really kind of engaged this new relationship. And so the Wampanoag tribe and Squanto kind of headed this up of really teaching the natives how to thrive on this new land since they didn't know, you know, they didn't know the native crops. So they taught them how Mm -hmm. to fish and to hunt and to to harvest and and plant the corn and squash and beans. So those are the top three. And, you know, so then fall comes around and they're feeling like really incredibly optimistic and thankful and feeling really strong after this last year and this last journey that they, they just endured and really thankful for these new connections that they've made with this native tribe. And so they decided to start this new year off giving thanks to this new par- partnership and of course this plentiful harvest. So then in 1621, the first Thanksgiving was held and the Wampanoag tribe joined them, of course, and they celebrated for three days, which I didn't know. I think that's super cool. And I think that should be a bucket list thing. I think we should like <laughs> just celebrate Thanksgiving for three days somehow. Um, it's worth it. I think it'd be so cool. And I have like a, I have a little <laughs> bit of idea for this. I'll, I'll tell you about later, but, but it was pitch and style, right? So the Indians brought some deer that they had hunted and the pilgrims, of course, I think it was, it was goose, not turkey. And they, they harvested all the crops that they had, they had planted and lobster was one of them. It was very pitchin mm. style, which really resembles how we do things today. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a hundred plus years later, or after this initial Thanksgiving, it was celebrated in different ways, like all over the world. Some of it was for religious reasons where they like would just fast for that time. Some of it was um, celebrated as end of droughts or end of wars and, of course, a fruitful harvest as well. But it wasn't until the 1800s that it actually became something they celebrated annually and and at completely different times of like autumn. So spread out by weeks and and months. But it wasn't until a female magazine editor, which is cool. Her name is Sarah Josepha (laughs) Hall or Hale. She started a letter campaign urging this national holiday. And she believed with all of her heart that this day could here we go, here's connections, could unify a country and bring a country that was on the brink of civil war back together. And so of course, Abraham, I know, (laughs) I think it's so amazing. I think it's so beautiful. And we can thank Abe Lincoln, who ended up declaring this as a a beloved holiday on the fourth week of November. I just look back on this history. That's very beautiful. Isn't it so Mm -hmm. cool? I mean, I don't think, I wasn't expecting to find all this, all these connections when I started looking through of it, but, you know, I just see incredible feats and, and struggle and loss and hardship. And then two sides coming together Mm -hmm. to set aside differences and ways of life and beliefs and, you know, giving thanks to life and to nourishment and to just pause for peace and to connection and overcoming differences and, you know, recognizing that above all of that, like there's so much to be grateful for and, and to then share that. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think that 
Like, just think about this year and think about, I mean, right now, like the political turmoil and everything that's going on, I just, I know so many people are concerned and have almost like ended relationships with family and friends because of everything going on. And one of the things I've been really thankful for has been like my, my pursuit of calm and just like my own, my own values, but, but like the acceptance of everyone else's, like, I've been really thankful for that because that's such a heavy weight to bear. Um, and to, to like divide yourself from somebody who is family or you love beyond, you know, beyond that, but you can't see past it right Mm -hmm. now. And so I don't know. I mean, you have these two parties who had completely different ways of looking at life. I mean, think about like the, Mm -hmm. the, the values that, that native Americans held on land and just kind of simplicity of life and how they handled earth. And then you think about pilgrims who just came from a civilized country, like very, very different, but they came to a mutual understanding and they set aside all these things. I think it's very telling of what we're capable of. And here we are. And what is our, one of the most craziest, difficult, you know, tumultuous times that we're probably ever going to experience. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, can't we do the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so beautifully said and what a really, that's a great connection. I don't know that I recall, I will say, as you a student honest, in high school, I was that nerd who, it's funny, I was just talking to my husband about this the other day, um, who would go to school when I, we moved multiple times when I was in school. And so I wanted to make sure I knew where my classes were when we got to a new school on the first day. And so I would go in before the first day of school to get a map so that I could map out my classes <laughs> so that I could be there on time. And make sure I got the front row seat because I did not want to miss a thing. (laughs) I love it. Casey, that doesn't surprise me at all. Super nerd. Um, And I love it. I'm I'm okay with it. But I loved hearing all the details. It's funny because I haven't really thought so much about that story. Um, But as you were saying it, there were definitely elements that I thought, that's right. I remember some of these things. And I think some of the things that really stand out to me... um, were just thinking about from the Native Americans perspective when you were talking about Squanto, like not only did he endure hardships and a treatment that was inhumane, obviously, like, and then to be able to come back and to give, not just to be civil, but at least as the story is told, yeah, right. to actually, <laughs> to actually with open hands and open heart help people help humanity help these people who he did not owe anything. Yeah. And when you think about, you know, if you were just thinking about a modern time, like putting myself in this place, um, say you're living in the, in the world, like in the old world before it was inhabited by Europeans and suddenly people come to your home and start setting up, putting their flags in your, you know, yeah. yeah. You're like, what is happening here? Like, can you imagine someone coming to your house right now and camping out in your backyard and declaring it theirs? Like there were just so many things going on that it, it's so hard to comprehend, but the fact that he could yeah. save their lives and then thinking about from their perspective, I do remember that about, I mean, these weren't like modern ships. These were, these were not made 
to sail the great seas. And they made their way finally all the way. So many people had died. Um, and you think about, you know, if you go on a camping trip for a couple of days, how oh my good it feels to get home and take that shower and sleep in your own like plush cotton sheets. Yeah. I mean, they could not even comprehend what is luxury to us or yeah. what we, I mean, we can't even comprehend to what, what that trip would have been like. And I think what really stuck out to me was Thanksgiving was not just a celebration of plentifulness, which it was. Um, but I think it was the perspective of what yeah. plentitude is and this celebration of life and unity, like you just said, and the way then came throughout the years that it became this, it's a symbol and a celebration of, of unity, but the roots in it, you know, you don't stop and think really, these people were grateful to be alive. And I think approaching every day that way with that heart of gratitude and especially taking the time at Thanksgiving to reconnect with this idea just celebrating life itself and this great connection that we have with humanity. So beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, this day is such an opportunity. And I, it's not to say that, you know, without like a better way of saying it, it sounds really, but not that every day can't be Thanksgiving, but you know, not that you can't have this level of gratitude and kind of awareness of like the value of your life and the value of everything that you have to be thankful for and connection and family and friends, but it's always really nice to have something where everybody's on the same page or you have everybody who is kind of sitting there with you. And there's something really special about that. So I am excited to like live in Thanksgiving with this. And I, I really am. I mean, I've always loved Thanksgiving. I've always loved Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. so much. And it's looked really, it's looked really, really different for me as I grew up. Have you, have you always loved Thanksgiving? Like even as a kid? I really have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was such a meaningful, it was, um, it was a really safe time for me. And I, you know, we won't get into all the, all the background there, but it was a wonderfully safe and, um, sometimes like the most just warm and peaceful times were those times. So those are some of my, my best memories. Where, where things getting and yeah. the holiday season. It's interesting. It was always a really special day holiday for my mom. So I think we've talked about this a little bit, but our religion changed as I got older. So when I was really, really young, I mean, I didn't, <laughs> we studied in a church that um, was based off the old Testament. And so, you know, we didn't celebrate Christmas and the church changed a bit, but like from the time I was born until I was three, we didn't celebrate birthdays. And so Thanksgiving was that like day that, mm-hmm. you know, we could participate in with all of our family and friends, you know, we didn't kind of exclude ourselves from like the Halloween and Christmas and birthdays and these things. Um, so I think it was always really special for my mom, but it looked super different just because of like just the formation of our family. And so we would have like really big gatherings. And then sometimes it would just be my mom and I, and we would just like go to dinner somewhere by ourselves. And, you know, when we did host it or we did like do a pitching with family or something, I, you know, the kitchen was always a really warm and like literally warm, like special time. Like I remember like mm-hmm. opening the door into the kitchen to let cool air in. And I like those sensations are still things that I crave on that day. 
I'm okay with it getting really hot. In fact, I, I always wake up in the morning and I want to put something cozy on. And then by the time I'm in the kitchen, I'm like stripping clothes off and like, you know, half naked because <laughs> yes. it's so hot. But um, mm-hmm. what I really loved is since Cameron and I, you know, got out on our own after he, after he joined the Coast Guard, like what Thanksgiving has looked like, cause we haven't gone home for it. And, you know, we got to spend Thanksgiving together last year and I Thanksgiving has taken on just a whole new um, meaning for me, just in the way I enjoy it. Aside from everything we just talked about today, like just being in the kitchen with family and like, like we talked about at the beginning, like just that connection. And I don't know, we had, I mean, we'd cooked in the kitchen, I suppose a little bit together, but there's something mm-hmm. about being in the kitchen with family or friends, mm-hmm. like, isn't it mm-hmm. like sharing that small space and just like the kind it of is. The, the, the sweet chats and the memories that come up through all that. And you know, like the, the funny, like oopsies on recipes and all that. Like, it's just such a fun, beautiful time. And I remember you saying something, Casey, and I don't remember <laughs> the exact words, but I want to say it was something like we were just reminiscing on how much we loved being in the kitchen and uh, on Christmas or on Thanksgiving and like how much we loved being in the kitchen together and being our mushy selves. And you said something like, like, I feel like you can really taste the love and the food or like something. <laughs> something to that effect. And so I obviously can't remember the exact words, but I think about it. So I think about it a lot, like so much that I, last year, I really wanted to make you like a really special, like little shaker that just had love on it. that You could like, just, you know, sprinkle in like just for a funny yeah, I guess, but, um, that would be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, I do remember fulfill. something about that. I don't know. It was something like the, the key ingredient or yeah. you yeah. can just, I don't, I don't remember. It's one of those little moments. The but moments it does. It makes like the out. meal, mm-hmm. the meal so, the meal so special, but you know, I know True. also before we even decided to do this, we had gotten on a conversation about gratitude, which, you know, from everything that we just talked about in history, like there's so much for us to be grateful for. And I know that, you know, for you in your, you know, in your life, like gratefulness and mindfulness has really been something that has been really key and something that you practice mm-hmm. like frequently. So I kind of want to talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about just like gratitude in general, because I do hope that, like I said in the beginning, this intention, like I really do hope this kind of creates a new trend and, and especially into the new year, really bringing back focus to gratitude practices and kind of reminding ourselves of everything that we do have to be grateful for. So like, can you tell me a little bit about how, like, what does your gratitude practice look like every day? Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, Gratitude. Uh, well, I think, I mean, it's always evolving. Um, I would say in general, it's more of a, a mindset now. So it's just like we're, we're talking about this, like shifting perspective. And so I think the perspective, the way I view the, we were talking about the lemons, the lemonade. I think that that it has a lot to do now with the way I view right now. Yeah. Every at any moment right now is one I can be grateful for. And so it really just has mostly to do with the way I, I, I stop and I experience the present moment and give gratitude for it. And I think it, it has a really transformative effect on your heart, your spirit, the way you can respond to a moment rather than react to a moment. Um, and then that continues to grow seeds of joy and love. And I would say it's all about 
being grateful with the present moment and, and what life has given you at this very moment and, and also the hope for what it may bring. I think a big, a big part of it would be the mindfulness element and the, the connection through just practicing yoga to my being in this moment. So, I mean, sometimes I might literally just be looking at something. I have different plants around the house. Orchids come back the same time every year. The flowers start to bloom. I have a Christmas cactus that does the same thing. So I noticed it's not only something that's fun to look forward to, that anticipation is, yeah. is can bring joy, but it's something to stop and notice every day when the little blooms are starting to bud. And then just to stop and notice those little things and be grateful for the simplicity that peace really can be stopping to close my eyes and, and feel the earth beneath my feet, literally, you know, especially if you take your, your shoes off, your socks off and just feel the ground, whatever that ground may be, whether it's dirt or moss or, or a tile or wooden floor and notice the sensations and you feel this gratitude and to stop and give thanks for the fact that you're right here in this moment. And the life has brought you to a place that it continues to bring you to grow, I think, is, um, is a big part of my practice. It really started, I would say, it's funny, I, I don't know if we're going to talk more about Thanksgiving traditions, but I know my grandmother was an incredible impact on me. And she just passed away this month, actually. And she was by far the most influential woman in my life. And I felt incredibly connected to her as a child. And we spent Thanksgivings with her every year in her home. And um, I feel incredibly grateful for those moments and those memories. And the way she really taught me without words, yeah. you know, just the way she lived and the way she loved how to appreciate what it is that we have and what we had was stories. My grandmother grew up um, the eldest of five on a cotton farm in West Texas. They did not have anything. And these five kids shared everything. So she was, I guess, the first to get everything and then pass them down, um, but had lots of responsibility as the oldest as well. And these kids were the cotton farm workers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, their life was not, not one that many of us can really imagine. Um, and in, one of the things I loved so much about being in her home, especially around the holidays, was the stories that she would tell and the way she told them with so much zest and love for life. And not any of those stories had anything to do with anything except the connection of family and people, humanity. And they were all so full and rich, but um, they didn't own anything. And it's, it's very easy for us today to start to associate joy with that, the instant gratification that yeah. we get, the things yeah. all around. There's so much to seek outside of ourselves. Um, and, you know, there's nothing there's nothing better than those connections. There's nothing that brings more peace, more joy. And I think that that's something that I'm most grateful for today, this time of year, and just in life was being exposed to her perspective and how, how abundantly she gave thanks 
and how she loved to stop and give thanks and talk about the people in our lives who maybe I never met generations sure. before me, but somehow I felt connected to, and I still feel connected to through these stories, they would just come alive. And, and therefore this year, I think even more, I realize there are not a lot of people that we're, many of us are going to gather and see, but we can really feel that we're together. We're in it together. We're in this life together. And um, I think, yeah, That's I'm really very beautiful. grateful for that. I can tell. I haven't heard much about your grandmother. I love that. It was really awesome. It was cool to hear that, mm-hmm. hear that bit. I love hearing it, their her. generations. I did. I do. We, we really like, I, 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 as well, like I really cherish, I really cherish. I, I grew up, um, of course my, my own grandparents, but my mom has always had a soft spot for like, you know, the elder generations. And so I had a lot of like really close, like people that went to our church that we would like always like pick up and take to church. So I grew up around mm-hmm. a lot of elderly and, um, I have a huge soft spot for them too. And they have incredible stories. And I wish that you know, I look back on some of those relationships, like with my grandparents and wishing that I had not necessarily taken advantage, but spent more time really soaking up all of the, just the valuable bits and advice and guidance that they have. And like you said, without really telling you, like literally just through stories and just how like they would just speak to people you could learn so much about. And, and like you said, they really, just because of where they lived and where they came from in those times, like they had a true different perspective of what was valuable. And I think that in a day and age where we are living with so much, like we have so many conveniences and we have so many things, right? Like we are just, especially in the American culture, like that is just our thing. We have so many things. If we can live in gratitude. And by that, I mean, like really, truly be able to strip away. If we were to sit down and look at the things that we are grateful for, a lot of what that's going to come down to are the the main elements of life, which are that, that keep us alive and thriving. And that is family and connection and humans and love. And mm-hmm. of course, food and nourishment. And what, of course, that takes on a whole nother, like, you know, like you look at that in a new way, roofs over our head and, you know, physical movement, like being able just to like go out and work on a cotton farm. Like, you know, you just think, I just think that when you really think back to to what you truly are grateful for and what you would not want to live without, those are the things that it comes down to. And if we can live in, if we can live day to day by really soaking those things up, it makes everything else feel a little less terrifying. So I'm going to bring it back to this last year we went into. And, you know, I think that we're going to go into 21 and a lot of things are going to look the same. And, Mm -hmm. but we just got like, we just got a crash course in 2020, in 2020, you know, like we just learned so much and it really is the foundation. And so, you know, if we can go into this, in that place of gratitude, all of the hard things that are going to come and all of this continuous turmoil that's happening, we can have those statements to ourselves of, yeah, well, I have this, or I have these people or I'm, but yes, but I'm Mm -hmm. grateful for this because, you know, it's just, it makes everything, it makes all the bad seem less bad. It just makes you, like you said, just more present in the now and being able to soak up the now and all of the key valuable things. But then all those little things, like if you have plants in your home, the blooms or man, a cup of coffee, like, you know, like just Mm -hmm. sitting down with smiles. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about savoring the moment, stopping just for one second, one breath, just to take one breath. And if you can think of nothing else to be grateful for, give thanks for that one breath, you know, 
just being grateful for what it is that you have right now, knowing and being okay with the fact that yesterday's gone, five seconds ago is gone, and tomorrow's never promised. But what's always promised is just this one very moment. And and I think it's really easy to get very discouraged right now. It, there's been such a sense of um, tension uh, throughout, you know, everything going on. And in this sense, this lack of unity, but whenever we stop to, to really just see everyone around us, including ourselves as humans who are doing the very best that we can at this one moment in time, then it makes it a little bit easier. And, um, and also just to recognize that even though life continues to bring the unexpected, because we really never know exactly what to expect, it, has always equipped us with exactly the tools that we need to figure it out right now. Um, doesn't mean that we know how right now, but we can learn and we can figure it out and usually come out stronger, um, for it. I am, I did have a little quote that I, (laughs) I thought might be good to share. I did write it down um, because I can never do Mm -hmm. like poetic words justice. It just is not my gift. (laughs) Um, but there's this little, little, uh, little one. There are lots of amazing quotes about, um, being present and gratitude and things like that. But this particular one, I just happened to love. And I think it really plays into this theme of history because he did come out of an era of, you know, it was like a world war era, um, Ernest Hemingway. And, um, he's got lots of great ones, but this one came out of a book, which, I have not actually read. I'm really intrigued to read the book. Um, It's called For Whom the Bell Tolls. And yeah, it's apparently one of his best sellers. Okay, all right. (laughs) An epic book. Um, This particular quote, though, I think is so beautiful. Um, It says, and if there is not any such thing as a long time, nor the rest of your lives, nor from now on, but there is only now, why then now is the thing to praise and I am very happy with it. It is just, it just takes you to a place like why not celebrate just right now, just for the sake of it. It never hurts. (laughs) It never hurts to be, to be joyful and grateful for right now. I love that. That was beautiful. All right. I want to, I feel like we should just go ahead and kind of end things off with just our own, let's just verbalize our gratitude. You know, I'm really going to be sitting in this this week, but of course on Thanksgiving, like I'm going to force my friend that's visiting in Cameron. And of course I would miles if I can, but I don't think I could get it out of them. I'm going to force everybody to really think and ask them to verbalize what they're grateful for. So do you want to kick things off? Sure. (laughs) I am so grateful for just shifting perspective at any point where we stop in life, I think we can look back and we have a new perspective. It might be slightly different or it might be the same, but it is, we're constantly climbing and growing and, you know, and every time we get just a little bit higher up this mountain, uh, we have a new perspective that that comes in and it gives us, I think, a sense of peace and a sense of eagerness to keep going. I feel really grateful for those people who are my roots in my life who have fed into me my my grandmother 
those people who are with me always um, and the people who have become my family now as I grow, such as yourself and all those people who we love and we, we invite into our hearts and into our lives and, and we reach this certain level of vulnerability and we connect and we realize how very similar we all are. And I'm really grateful for that and how it's changed my perspective as well, you know, and the way I can view other humans around me who I may not know intimately. Um, but it gives us so much more power to be able to acknowledge their value and, and just embrace love. What is it? Um, there's songs about love one another. <laughs> I told you, I get it. I'm not good at this. I, mean, I can um, think of like 20, but I don't maybe the one particular that you're thinking of. <laughs> and I'm really also grateful for, um, for the freedom that I had when I was with my grandmother. She had the, she had 40 acres in the hill country in Texas. And when we, my brother and I were twins, when we would go to her land, we, Sometimes we would just pack our little fanny pack with snacks and, and we would leave in the morning and we would not come back up to the house until dinner time. And she really fostered in me the the freedom that she gave us when we were there with her was to explore. And um, then when we would come together on Thanksgiving, she not only had these most wonderful stories to share, we were in the kitchen, like you were saying, and we were doing this thing that women and men as well have done for years years. And you somehow feel connected, not only in that moment to this food that you're preparing with your own hands, with your own heart, no matter how it turns out, it <laughs> is the love that goes into it. And the fact that that love is in the air and it's in the kitchen um, it's in the home, you can feel it. And then the connection that you have to those generations and people before us, the people who were preparing food when there weren't kitchens to prepare yeah. food. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it just makes you feel really profoundly connected in this transcendental way. And I think it's a beautiful thing to be grateful for. I mean, That's it's you it. living Thanksgiving up <laughs> to its fullest is what that is. <laughs> yeah. So beautiful. Um, like, I just like loved, I just love to hear you talk. <laughs> like everybody who's listening is going to just, they're going to be thinking, man, I want to be best friends with her. I want her to like, I want to no. like call her and hear her talk to me every day. I'm, I'm serious. I'm not joking. I am. So I'm gonna, it's funny. Cause I think that um, in regards to the relationships and friendships and there's people in our life that really do build us up. That's, I had, that was like the very top of my list is, you know, I think this year has, and somewhat in the same way, like living in Kodiak and being distant from some of the roots of friends that I had when we moved to Kodiak, but, and I still have a couple of, you know, really close girlfriends, one who's visiting this weekend that I kept ties with and we talked and then coming off of this, like, high of a relationship with you for with you five women or us five and thinking about I think I remember being really nervous about <clears throat> leaving Kodiak because of how amazing it was and the energy that we had when we were all together but I've been really thankful for I think this last year of you know that distance reminded me so much of just how valuable true loyal 
just raw, real friendships are and how, even though there's distance, like every time I hop on the phone with you, even if we haven't talked in a couple of weeks or, you know, some of my other girlfriends, it's like, it's just such a special thing. And I'm just really thankful for that. I think I'm sure everybody experiences it, but I feel like, especially women and girls, like, you know, the friendships that we go in and out of through life, like when you find the ones that are true and special and really do have that level of like, they, they have something to give, like they have something really special and, and this unconscious eagerness to like spread whatever their special thing is out to the world and to be around people who lift you up and who want what's best for you. And they don't care about like what you have and what they may not have. And like, they want really, truly for you to thrive. Like that's just, I feel like, unfortunately, sometimes it takes us a really long time to find those people. And when you find them, mm-hmm. it's such an incredibly special thing. So I'm just, I'm so beyond thankful for it. And, and I'm sure too more so thankful just because of everything the last, with the last couple of years has looked like, I can't even imagine going through some of those times without having, or even feeling like I knew I had that support there. I'm not going to cry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really, really thankful for my body. I just keep thinking about all the things that my body has gone through and the healing process. And it's taken me, I think as a mom too, as much as I like love and embodied wellness before I got pregnant with miles, you know, you get, you get pregnant and then you, you deal with like the, the thoughts and the feelings that, and the emotions that you have after like that baby is out of your belly and that postpartum process. And then going through two miscarriages, like I went through a a lot of just kind of anger and frustration and sadness to a place now where I'm just very, very thankful. And, um, I also think really thankful for the knowledge and kind of like hunger I have for, uh, this value of health, especially going through a pandemic, like we just went through, like, I'm really thankful for like that being something that I hold tons of value to. I feel like, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) I don't know. I just, you know, I mean, it helps. It helps in a pandemic. It helps that those are the things that mm-hmm. you understand and you know, and you strive for, but, um, <laughs> I am, that sounds silly. Um, that's true. I'm really, really thankful for Cameron and my family. Of course, he's been incredibly supportive and sweet and there with me through everything and, and vice versa. We've just come out so strong and I'm incredibly thankful for, like you said, the lemons, it's so hard to say that when you're going through all of it, but if it weren't for that, you know, there aren't those nudges for inspiration. There aren't those like ultimatums of like, you can make lemonade or you can just sit in this and, mm-hmm. or choose to kind of just, you know, glaze over it. And, um, I'm, because I, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am right now. I wouldn't even be pursuing this passion project if I hadn't gone through all of that. And if I hadn't seen that there was this choice and that there's so much incredible, I mean, I just found so many new resources. I feel like friendships and the connections that I have, it's like, I'm able to soak up and really just embody so much more from what I'm learning because I, I see how that can impact and the fruits of all of that, what that can look like. And so I'm just, I'm thankful for the hard stuff because I just think that, you know, it, it takes you, it takes you where you don't have any clue you want to go. And I'm thankful for the podcast in general. I'm really, really, I'm insanely honored that I get to talk with my friends and I get to talk with women who believe that this, like what we're doing is a good thing and that they want to be a part of it and they want to share. And 
that I get to like put people at you, like, you know, out to the world and your words and your voice. And <laughs> I'm serious. I just think that I would have never guessed in a million years I'd be doing this. And I'm just, I'm just insanely honored. I'm just happy with the place that I'm in. And um, yeah. It's a gift to all of us. Thanks. And it is so wonderful to have that a spouse or a partner in life who's there, who's really there. Yeah. I know we both have that and um, it's something I went, you know, we didn't get married till we were 30 and you learn again, you learn how much to appreciate what you have when you go years without it. It's a really beautiful thing. Or being exposed to those who don't, you know, like Mm -hmm. um, that's a whole. And this sisterhood. Yeah. The sisterhood that you started off talking about is, I mean, it's one of the biggest things I've ever experienced and there really aren't words. And I remember growing up as a little girl, you know, you always go to school on the first day and you're hoping to meet (laughs) new friends and, you know, you meet friends and you also learn to put up walls. I did at least. And you get hurt. I mean, we're all, we're all going through things and to to look forward to and hope and dream of someday having those types of relationships and then suddenly to have them and to feel so connected to not just people, but women um, who you can share with is beyond words. It's so incredible. It's, it's transformed my life. Ditto. It is incredibly hard. I've like written about this. I've like written when I've like mm-hmm. coming up with episodes or even just, just writing my heart out. Like I've tried to write to really explain how it feels and I just can't do it. It is something that you have to experience. And I just want everyone to be able to experience because it's changed. It really has changed my life in such a huge way. And it was truly one of the core reasons why this is even happening. I just just so like, it's just a reminder of how inspirational people can be like inspirational humans and their experiences and just their own, like I said earlier, like their own gifts and their own special ways of just influencing without even knowing it, without mm-hmm. really that even being in the intention. Um, mm-hmm. I just think is, yeah, it's just invaluable. I was just thinking as well. I know we probably are about to line this up, but um I was thinking about that really, the great story that you told about the Native Americans and the pilgrims. And it's a lovely story. I really hope that that's it's exactly a lovely story. <laughs> Yeah. Um. <laughs> it, yeah, let's, maybe I should just say that, that, but I don't, don't, please don't, if you want to fact check me, fine, but this is just what I like, this is what I learned. And, you know, anyway. love, I think it's beautiful. Um, but I was just thinking that this whole time we've we've all spent so much more time at home and so much more time alone than many of us have spent, especially extroverts, you know, like yeah. really thrive off of that, those connections, like more, more consistent connections. And for an introvert, um, the challenges aren't quite the same right now. Um not to exclude introverts, I would call myself for sure an introvert. Um, And I think there are certain things that have been a bit easier (laughs) because I already had so many things that I enjoy doing um, by myself, but it has really brought to light that 
desire to, and just show me how much I really miss being able to do things more with other people. But I was thinking um, sort of in light of talking about how grateful those people of generations before us were merely for life without really having things and the way they would do things with their own hands. Um, And those were the gifts. I was thinking how really cool it would be if we all this year, I think I'm going to start doing this this year. Um, and, and maybe it'll be a tradition in our family. I mean, this, this whole time will start new things for everybody, I think. Um, but I was thinking, you know, recently I, I've been learning how to do a lot of do it yourself things, (laughs) as I think a lot of people have been doing. And it's been really amazing, um, because we can fill our lives and our home and our time, um, with things that are very free. (laughs) Yeah. And it feels good to be so present and so involved and invested in the process of making things from scratch. And so one of the things that I have always wanted to learn how to make, um, and that I learned how to make this year was reeds, which is no, like, it's not rocket science. I love that. <laughs> but, I didn't know that. But yeah, this, this fall I trimmed, you know, everything in our yard and from the trimmings, I made a wreath for our door. And then cool. I was like, Oh, that was pretty easy. I'll make this wreath and I'll make that wreath. <laughs> and I was thinking what a cool tradition this would be to make little wreaths, um, you know, the type that you can put on a table or around a candle and it doesn't take that long and it feels good to do it. And then to maybe, maybe do that on Thanksgiving and then the day after Thanksgiving, and this would, you know, check on your list of prolonging Thanksgiving, spend the next day taking wreaths around and, you know, wearing your mask (laughs) or maybe not even knocking on doors, but just placing those wreaths either at loved ones' homes or, or maybe homes of people you don't even know just to brighten someone's day and, um, feel that that sense of connection, something like that. that. I think that would be, that would be a great thing for us to start incorporating into our Thanksgiving traditions. I love that so much. That's such a great idea. And I also just think a wreath is a circle. And so my mind goes off on, you know, on the meaning of that too. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's really beautiful. I love that. All right. Well, I sincerely hope that the intention of this episode, I hope we fulfilled it on such, I'm just so happy right now. I'm just so happy. I am too. Um, Today is the beginning of a great Thanksgiving week. Yes. Yeah. I hope that it just, I hope it really does feel like a kick, like a beautiful kickstart for you and your family into this new year. And I hope that you can sit down or be in the kitchen or spending time with, with family on this day. And I hope that, I hope you embody this new, this new perspective and this new outlook on living in that moment and really looking around your life and being thankful for those humans that are a part of it and the feelings that you have and really taking in conversations and, and those memories and just really make it extra special for yourself. That's how we do it. And hopefully you'll remember a little bit of, a little bit of the history. <laughs> <laughs> I love the history. That was really beautiful. I love how you started. I love you dearly and I wish I was spending Thanksgiving with you but maybe one day we'll be able to to do that again I feel like we should probably FaceTime on Thanksgiving just really briefly we will (laughs) maybe we can make the same recipe we could both cook something at the same time and so it's like we're in the same kitchen together doing it 
and then we can only, savor. I love the it. Aroma only only four flavor. hours apart, right? Only four hours apart. Four hours. <laughs> unless we'll you eat your <laughs> yeah, unless you eat your real dinner really really late, and I eat mine a little bit earlier. Or wait, opposite. You eat it really early, and I'll eat mine really late. Okay. I love that. Let's do that. Let's talk about recipes later. Okay. I love Let's. you. Love you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>